September 12, 2021. Fall kickoff weekend at Watermark Wesleyan Church. You can go ahead and have a seat. I just love worshiping with you all, being in the Lord's presence, singing and, and falling before him. Um, thank you for engaging in that way. And as we talk about God being the way maker, miracle worker, the light in the darkness, our world needs more of that right now. I wanna make you aware of a couple of opportunities and I wanna have a time of prayer. But as you're aware, there's gonna be a ton of Afghani refugees coming to our city in the very near future. And all of the resettlement agencies in Jericho Road are partnering together to make a way. There's four resettlement agencies. They're making a way for people to feel welcome and warm and have a warm reception as they come to Buffalo. Well, we're gonna partner with that. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start collecting all kinds of things. And, and back by the giving boxes and out at the outreach table, you will find this sheet. And on the back of it, it lists things like bedding and personal hygiene um, supplies and towels and washcloths and so on and so forth. But it also mentions furniture and other things that people would need to set up um, to do life here. So if you're interested in providing uh, some of these needs, please take this and consider bringing stuff in. We're collecting through um, October 24th. As a church, we've always served the refugees who have come to our city. It's been part of our DNA forever, and I think it should be moving forward. So I think this is a great way for us to show those who are going to newly arrive in our city how we love them. On the back of the same sheet, you see something um, about a possibility for some of us to go down to Louisiana to be a part of the disaster relief after, the hur after Hurricane Ida. Eight Days of Hope, which is becoming a really solid partner ministry of ours, is on the ground working already. And we're going to send a team down to be a part of what's happening in Illinois, uh, Illinois, Louisiana. It's not in Illinois. The hurricane did not hit Illinois. But on September 18th, um, they're actually going to go down and they will return on the 23rd. I know that's a tight turnaround, but for some of you, you might be saying that's a great opportunity for me to serve. And there's also other things they need, gas cards and Visa cards and Target and Walmart gift cards to help get people back up and moving again. So please consider both of those needs. And then I just have to bring this up because if I didn't, I, I would just um, be beside myself. Yesterday, we remember 20 years ago how our country um, was attacked. Many of you who are old enough remember exact, exactly where you were when you first heard the information that the first plane had hit the World Trade Centers. I was in my office here at the church and it was actually Stacia Niver, I'll never forget it. Stacia ran into our office and said, you'll never guess what happened. You have to turn on a TV. And the moments that followed, like for many of you, where you saw the images, the likes of which you never thought you would see or experience or that would happen here in our country. So as a church, we want to remember um, what happened 20 years ago. And actually, it was on the 12th, 20 years ago today, that we were reeling, unsure of what was going to happen, what we were going to do, how we were going to respond. And it was a day of confusion and some say a day of unity as people started to get together and say, we need to do this together. So I'm going to pray for these things, but I'm also going to pray um, for all of us that we would find ways to engage in these or other opportunities. Let's pray. Father, I thank you um, 
that we're going to have an opportunity as a city and a church to meet the needs of these Afghani refugees who will be here sometime soon. Lord, help us. Help us to serve well. And it's even interesting, Lord, talking at that, about that in September 11th in the same bit. But Lord, we, we see how there's needs in these people's lives. And Lord, we can help meet those needs. So help us light our hearts on fire for the needs of the world. And Lord, for many of us, we remember where we were um, 20 years ago yesterday, maybe exactly where we were and what we were doing. And Father, I pray for those families who lost loved ones on that day. I pray that you would continue to work in those families and bring them peace and healing and that they would experience you. Lord, I pray for our nation. We just feel awfully divided right now on so many fronts. And God, I truly believe the only answer is you. I don't know that there's truly a political solution or an economic solution, but Father, our country needs to come back to its roots and grab a hold of you. And Father, I pray that as we're reminded of September 11th, that would be exactly what happens, that we would remember you and our love for you and it would unite us and make us one. So we thank you, Jesus. And we pray these things in your mighty and powerful name. Amen. Well, here we are on kickoff weekend, and I'm not talking about what's happening on the other side of town. I'm talking about what's happening here as a church. As Steve already mentioned, East Aurora is in the middle of their second service of the day right now. From all accounts, the services are packed. People are flocking to that place. We're kicking off a brand new ministry in East Aurora today. All our ministries in the church, this is the big weekend where we're kicking off and moving forward with all that's happening here. Like you've already heard, our students went on the fall retreat. There were over 200 people, adults and students, who went away for the weekend. I don't know why you're all sitting here. You should have been on the retreat. You would have loved every second of it. My days of going on that are over. But I will tell you, my two youngest children were on it. My oldest is at college. So we had a wonderful weekend at home and it was a great kickoff to our fall. It was fantastic. Um, went out to dinner. It was great. But usually in the fall, the way I see it and the way I see it around here, it's a season of anticipation of what new things are gonna happen. That usually happens with the advent, with school starting and all that happens there. And parents, I'm sure you were excited that your kids finally went back to school. Raise your hand if that, no, don't raise your hand because you're, but I'm sure many of you were excited. Students, you might not have been as excited as your parents. You may be, oh, somebody, you were, I love it. I'm proven wrong. That's the best answer ever. But as students go back to school, they have a clean slate. What they've done in the past doesn't impact where they are right now. There's great anticipation with the fall. The colors will change soon and we'll see bright yellows and oranges and reds everywhere we look. The cool air is finally here. Anyone else love the cool air? I'm a hoodie and flannel person. It's the best time of the year. Cider, if you haven't noticed yet, cider's back. And of course, this afternoon, we will probably be watching, you will probably be watching our local football team um, play their, whatever they're doing today. Someone tells me there's something happening at one o'clock. But football, 
But in so many ways, the fall is filled with anticipation. New things are happening. We have a ministry fair right outside the back doors where you can engage with ministry in a brand new and exciting way. But as the fall unfolds, I have one question I want to ask you today. What are you dreaming big When you look at the fall and all that's happening, are you just in the mode where, oh, here we are, it's another fall, I'll do what I usually do? Or do you look at this fall with that anticipation I was talking about where great things can happen, where maybe something can happen in your life and you can be a part of something you've never dreamt possible, but as you look at September and beyond, as you look at tomorrow and beyond, do you look at it with dread or do you look at it as a brand new, exciting opportunity? I know I'm dreaming for some huge things this fall in this ministry year. I have this anticipation and enthusiasm and excitement. Maybe it's because of my new rule, the likes of which I've not really had in fall. As a church, I believe we're heading to great places as we go into this this new season and you hear about our mission, vision, values, our name, and the direction we're heading in. There's reason for excitement and to be dreaming big. But on a personal note, maybe for you, This is a time where you're going to say, you know what, this September and beyond, I'm going to get serious about my faith. I'm going to dream about how I can impact others with what I know about Jesus. Maybe for you, it's an opportunity to say, I'm not going to do the same old, same old, but I'm going to look at the world and do things differently. We're going to be looking at Isaiah 43, uh, verse 18 um, and beyond. But So if you have your Bible, you want to turn to it, the Bible app, or if you just want to read it on the screen. But in this, Isaiah says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I think what Isaiah is saying here is your best days aren't behind you. It's like that when you go to your high school reunion and some people never got out of high school and they live the glory days over and over again, never thinking that the Lord may have something new, something exciting, something brand new for them to engage in and put their full attention on. The Lord says, I am doing a new thing. And as I think about that passage and I think about the fall, I think for us as a church, the Lord is going to do a new thing, something that we all should be excited about and grab a hold of. And maybe even for you personally, maybe you will feel his healing power somehow in a relationship or physical healing or something this fall. Maybe you will experience his grace in a brand new way. He'll do a new thing through his grace. Maybe your faith and trust in him will increase or you'll connect to brand new people. Or maybe you'll serve in a ministry that you've never been a part of around here before. The fall is full of opportunity to engage. Some of you might be saying, however, that's great, Paul. But you don't understand my situation. You don't understand what I'm living through. You don't understand the pain that's going on in my life the context of my story and how it was even challenging to get here to church today. I didn't want to get out of bed. You might be feeling that as opposed to this anticipation. You might think there's so many problems and issues going on in your life that you're right, I I don't know what to do. Isaiah's words are more helpful when you understand the context in which they were written. 
You see, at this point in Israel's history, when that was written, um, they were living in a time of spiritual dryness. It was like a desert, full of discouragement. They were under Babylonian captivity. People were scared. There was suffering. There was pain. And many, many people turned their backs on God. They said, I've had enough. They started worshiping idols and other created things and they felt this separation from God. God's anger welled up against them because he saw how they were turning their backs and doing their own thing and walking in a different direction than God would have them go. They were stiff-necked and they thought they knew better than God. It's into that story, that context that Isaiah is writing. He's not writing into this beautiful picture where everything is right. He's writing into where we are maybe as a nation right now. Where there's lack of trust, we lack unity. Maybe it was similar to what some of you feel each and every day as you watch the news or see what's happening internationally. It was a dark time in Israel's history. And the people were broken. They were broken. With that in mind, let me read these words to you again. Isaiah writes, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Isaiah, God is saying through Isaiah, in the middle of all you see, I am doing something beautiful, a new thing, something that nobody's ever seen, something that no one would ever anticipate would happen. You see, even in seasons of when you're in the wilderness or you feel dry or you feel like the world is crushing in on you, maybe you feel like this fall is a wasteland like it was identified here. You feel spiritually dry and dusty. And the last thing you want is to seek God. Maybe God is just saying to you today, in the middle of that place, I'm doing a new thing. I'm creating a new way. I'm going to make something beautiful out of your life that you didn't anticipate, you never dreamt was possible. The Lord is doing a new thing. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you've looked at everything of this last, the last 20 months or so of the pandemic, if you look at everything that's happening internationally, if you're burdened by that, just know that God's doing a new thing. What God is telling his people is no matter what's going on around you, I am still God and I am still in charge and I've got you right here in my hand. The message paraphrase of that same verse says it a little bit differently. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. I know far too many of us 
get caught up in what's happening around us and we lose sight of what maybe God's doing in us. We lose sight of the fact that Jesus died for us and we should be the most hopeful people in the world. In the middle of all that's happening in our world, we should have more hope than anybody. Why? Because we've experienced the beauty of the risen Savior. We've experienced the, what happens when a life goes from death to life, when Jesus cracks through the power of sin and death in a person's heart and transforms that person. We should be the most hopeful people in the world because we've experienced the power of the living Savior, the crucifixion and the resurrection. We should have more hope for a future than anybody else. So my question how much hope do you have? As you dream about the future, as you dream about your family, or what, do you have hope that things are gonna be better than they were? That the Lord is gonna touch down in your family and do incredible things? Over and over in history, when things were seemingly not going well, that's when God does his best work. Hope when there is no hope, breaking through the hard soil to, to fresh life, restoring and, and rebuilding relationships between people and himself and between people and people. Our optimism for the future is anchored in the empty tomb that Jesus came and he died and he rose for us. Our hope is found nowhere else. So, as Isaiah says, as he writes, forget about what's happened. Keep going. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. My question again, do you believe that? Answer that for yourself. Because I know we have a God that wants to do so much more than what you see right now. And in fact, Ephesians 3.20 now to him is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God wants to do greater things, listen to this, God wants to do greater things in your life than you can even hope or imagine. You know, when I think about this verse, I think it's, I, I don't think it's true sometimes. Sometimes when I'm in my place, and I, I get here, not often, but I've been in here uh, over my history where I'm like, God, what are, you, what are you doing? But then he says he wants to do immeasurably more than we can hope or imagine. I can imagine some pretty big things. I can hope for things that are well beyond whatever I, I think can really happen. But God's saying, you know, your biggest dreams, your biggest hopes, your bigger, dis biggest desires... I'm gonna do more than even that. You're gonna experience me in a whole new way. I'm gonna do greater things in your family than you ever thought possible. You know those relationships that are broken, he can heal those. For those of you students who are in school, God wants to change your school through you. Through you. As you love and care for your classmates and those you sit with every day or talk to daily daily. He wants to use those of us who are in the marketplace to impact our places of work where we are all the time, where we invest our time and our efforts. He wants to work through our relationships and do greater things than we can even imagine. He wants to do greater things with, 
with our communities. He wants neighbors to love neighbors and care for each other. He wants to do great things in our world. And I can imagine some pretty incredible things. But God wants to do more than you or me can hope or imagine. That's a big promise. Instead of this fall saying, well, here I go again, the same old, same old, what instead if you said this to God, you said, God, I want all that you have for me and for all the people around me. I want to be your instrument, your tool to bring hope, healing, and grace to the world. I want to be your hands and feet everywhere I go, every day of my life. I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit so that people see you in me, in my actions. Can you imagine if hundreds of us decided that's what we wanted to do, to follow God in that way? We would change our, we would change our whole area. Pastor Charles Finney said, revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God. As we begin to live that way and we become obedient to God, he wants to work through us to change our world. So maybe reframing your future can begin today. Maybe you can start to see the things that lie in front of you and instead of seeing them as as pitfalls and things you're not excited about, you can begin to realize that God has put you in a certain place for a reason, to make a difference, to represent him. It begins by yielding to God's will and his plan. He wants to do something new and greater in your life than you've ever imagined. Even if right now you're in a dry and dark place. He wants to use you. The Israelites were wandering around in a deep and dark place. And Isaiah promised them even greater things. And I want to say that to you today. If you're in this place of of the malaise of what's happening in your life, God wants to use you to do greater things. That requires a confession of sin, of repenting and turning from our sin and turning to God. To see our default default mode um, is to rely on our own wisdom, our own strength, our own abilities, and to think we have enough to do whatever we want in the world. But faith is trust, trust in God, and he's inviting us. He's inviting us to a relationship with himself. And as we embrace that, he will do a new thing in your heart each and every day. Remember, Isaiah tells us, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. You do not, you do not perceive it. I am making a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. No matter where you are in your faith journey, you can grab a hold of that promise. You can open yourself up for the fact that God wants to work in your life to do a new thing. That's what we're claiming for us as a church here at McKinley. That's why we're launching a new campus today in East Aurora. That's what Springville and South Creek and Bayview are all hoping for, that the Lord does a new thing.
Now, for some of us, for some of you, the new thing may be you realizing that Jesus is Savior. Maybe you haven't got to that point, and maybe you need to grab a hold of the reality of who Jesus is for yourself, that he came to this world, he lived a perfect death, he died a sinner's, he lived a perfect life, he died a sinner's death for the forgiveness of your sins. Maybe you haven't even accepted that as the truth that you need to base your life on just yet. And maybe you decide to do that today. Maybe you are in this dry spiritual season where reading your Bible is the last thing you think about every day. In fact, you might not have even thought about it this last week or month. It's on a shelf somewhere. Maybe you need to start to engage in in revitalizing your relationship, your first love with Jesus and feeding it and growing in that relationship. And some, it's an invitation to take the next steps in following him in obedience. You've accepted him as savior. You understand you're not necessarily dry, but he's calling you to to shed different things from your life, different activities, different sinful behaviors, and you need to leave them by the wayside so that he can do a new thing in you, so that you're ready for him to act and shape and mold your life. Maybe this fall will be the best fall you've ever had. The first time you truly grab a hold of what Jesus has for you in your life. Maybe this fall you get rid of some sin you've had for years. Maybe this fall there's people you need to love and you finally embrace them. Maybe this fall you step into dark places of ministry where you might not have ever gone, dark places where nobody else would go to show people the light of life through Jesus. This fall might be the opportunity you've been waiting for to to transform your life, to let the Holy Spirit work in your life and transform who you are. We have a ministry fair that's located just out the back doors today. At that ministry fair are places where you can find healing. Our healing ministries are represented there. If you or somebody you know is dealing with divorce, if, someone, if you or somebody is dealing with grief or an addiction or anything like that that is really dragging you down, dragging your friend or somebody you know down, maybe this is an opportunity for them to engage or you to engage in a place where you can find healing for that hurt, where you can find the support that maybe you've been looking for forever. Again, all those ministries are right out the back doors. Or maybe it's an opportunity this fall for you to learn and grow deeper in your faith. You're not in a community group. You're not in a Bible study. You don't have any Christian friends you're doing life with. And maybe right now is an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I'm sick of doing this thing on my own. I need some people to come around me, to embrace me, to to mentor me, to show me things that I don't currently know. We also have a new course we're running called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. We're just in the beginning of it right now. We'll offer it more regularly, but it's a place to how, be, how to become emotionally healthy so that you can fully experience the goodness of God. Or maybe it's time for you to serve in ministry, to get engaged in, in, in a ministry around here that could really use your help. Maybe you want to be an usher or a greeter. We're trying to build our hospitality teams right now, our communion teams. We're trying to get folks who love students and love children to serve in our children and student ministry. 
We're looking for people to serve the world through our outreach ministries or at the trading post down in Springville. Our campus keepers, which keep every, keeps everything looking relatively good around here. There's all kinds of opportunities to engage, to be a part of what's happening here at Watermark. So please check out those opportunities as you leave today. This could be the best fall of your life where you expect to see God work in and through you because you're engaging in new and exciting ways. So don't miss that. Look for the new thing that he might be doing in you and wants to do through you. The new way of engaging in the life of our church or in the life of our communities or engaging in some individual, a friend that you know and love. So let me pray for us. God, we we thank you that you are in the business of using your people to do your work in the world. Father, as this is our fall kickoff and everything around here starts from mops to ladies' Bible study to student ministry, there's so much that's gonna fire up this week that's gonna begin. And Lord, I pray that you would use those ministries to reach people who are far from you, that we would sense your hand at work in, in all of those areas. And Lord, for those in this room right now who are feeling dry, spiritually dry, beat up by so many different things, God, I pray that you would do a new thing in their lives, that they would experience you, see your face, grab a hold of you, and that you would breathe life into their faith that may have been dormant for a while. Lord, for those who aren't sure who you are at all, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in in, in quiet places in their hearts and their minds. That you would encourage them to ask questions of people who who they know and trust. Lord, that they would seek you out. And the new thing for some people would be beginning that relationship with you. Father, we thank you for this time where we can share about things that matter in life and in our world. And God, I pray that each and every one of us will experience the beauty of your touch on our lives. So we thank you, Father. And I pray in Jesus' name.
on your word, on your firm foundation, knowing that you are moving, that your will will be done, that breakthrough will come, that miracles will happen according to your will. Lord, we worship your great name. Thank you that we can come together as one body, as one church, and proclaim the great and glorious things that our Father has done for us. Come on, let's continue to worship this morning. I give you Moving forward. 
also one more push for the ministry fair. Go ahead and have a seat. A good friend of mine who some of you know, Denny Willis, has put a little, we've put a little video together featuring Denny. Now, if you know Denny, this is totally in character for him. It's the best possible. If you don't know Denny, well, this is a picture of who he is, but more than who he is, listen maybe to what he has to say. I'm a fan. I love to watch the game. From the bleachers, on TV, at home, with my friends, or even by myself. I'm a fan. I scream at the TV. I put on the war paint. I do the wave. And Monday's attitude is decided on Sunday afternoon. A fan is passionate. A fan is entertained. We judge the product without putting in the effort. Fans are designed to be entertained. Step on the field and it's a whole new ball game. Get in the game and what you do suddenly matters. How you live makes a difference. Where you spend your time has an impact. Reality is, as a fan, they're gonna play the game whether I'm there or not. But when I'm a player in the missions field, they can't win without me. Today is the day to get off the sidelines and get into the game, to get on the roster of the best team in the league, where you can have an eternal impact in God's team. There are ministries from all over the church waiting to put you on the roster. Today, get off your seats and get into the game. I wish he was here. He's actually on the East Aurora launch team. He's one of the families that's gonna be in East Aurora week after week. They're pouring themselves into that. But the message he shared is one I think we all need to hear. We can do service somewhat. No, we can't. We need people to do all the things we do in a church. And it's not just we need them, it's an opportunity for your own spiritual growth as you engage in ministry in a meaningful way. It's not just a nice thing to do, it might be an essential part to your growth and who you are as a follower of Christ. So as you leave, make sure you check out the ministry fair, like I said, out straight out the back doors. And then today at one o'clock, You've seen the screen out in the lobby. We're gonna watch the game. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna cheer. But even more than all of that, we're gonna fellowship and have time together in what is hopefully a very fun way. So if, if you know somebody that you'd like to invite still to be back here at one o'clock to check it out, please do. We'll be here between now and one and we'll be getting ready. But man, what a time to celebrate and to come together and to have fun together this afternoon. Let me leave you with these words from Ephesians. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power, with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in his love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you will be filled to the measure of fullness of God. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing. Have a great week as you love and serve the Lord. Maybe we'll see some of you in the lobby. If not, we'll see you next week. <laughs>